Hi again, this is Claire. This is part two of a two-part episode five of this sacred pregnancy series, um, which I started this morning and I've had a really interesting day and pretty tired and a wee bit chilled. The fire wasn't quite taking, but I was just <laughs> working with it. It's quite unusual for the fire not to take. I think the twigs, the kindling was a wee bit damp. Um, but this is about my fifth try. And it's a good sign that um, as the fire goes, you know, sometimes we just have to get through a wee, a wee damp spot and we have to keep relighting and relighting and keep trying. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was just listening to the end of what I recorded this morning because I wanted to try and sort of connect with what the thread of that was to continue this. But really, I, I don't want to get too hooked up on on any kind of, um, structure, even two parts of a, a subject, a thing, I really want to be able to talk freely and spontaneously and openly with you right now, because that's the most important, that feels like the most high-minded, um, rooted, uh, the thing that can embrace, best embrace what needs to come through. So that <laughs> um, whilst I'm adding a couple of logs to the fire here and heating up my hot water bottle water with the kettle on top of the stove um, yeah I am thinking along some of what I was discussing this morning um, particularly about the, the nature of disassociation and why we go to external authorities and not even authorities, why we go externally to get affirmation of things, um, in particular our our need for um, technologies and, and or measuring of some sort to to affirm rather than our own feeling and our own sense of a thing so that eventually, as I was mentioning in the first part, I think of this, This there was a podcast I was listening to today um, in which the, the NHS whistleblower, essentially, National Health Service, British um, medical establishment, um, a woman who'd moved out of that structure and way of working with birth and essentially very aggressively diminishing the woman and interfering in the birth, the natural birth process. She had moved out of that and started working with the, the Free Birth Society and been re-educated properly about how birth actually works. But she was stating that when you ask midwives, as they've been termed medical midwives, about the natural birth process, they actually can't describe it. They can't inform about it because they haven't actually witnessed it. And what they have witnessed instead, what they, they know as birth in inverted commas, are the series of interventions and the different tools that are used 
in the same way that the first people, the first thing people think of, a lot of women think of when they're pregnant is to take a pregnancy test and to go to the doctor and to chat to a midwife and get somebody else to put their hands on her body or insert an instrument into her body or use radio waves or or scanning devices to scan the woman like you know taking that apart really standing because I I am standing far apart from that because I I've never had the urge to go into that I can say quite succinctly and clearly I can see it with very clean eyes you know very clear heart and I can see that that is something that is very obviously taking the place of me feeling my own body it's something that's would be causing me to leap ahead and need to know a thing before it would be revealed naturally and that that is such a, a such a key thing that if we just take that apart some more and look at like what is that actually doing to our intuition what's it doing to our sentience in our body you know how do we numb ourselves if we already know a thing in our heads do we need to know it in our body does our body need to speak to us at all we know that babies whose mothers ignore them go into a state they might actually die from the rejection they might go into a state of catatonic stupor because they need the reciprocal attention they need to have the two-way attention the two-way awareness on each other they need to communicate through the eyes through the energetic body through their breath through their senses through their smell through their touch and through that intimacy and without that intimacy there's all kinds of shit that gets let loose but without that intimacy with babies put in whatever it's called, an incubator, I think it's called, uh, like taken away from the mothers at birth. Women trained to put their babies in another room instead of sleeping next to them or, or at least beside them on a smaller bed beside them and so on. Um, and again, that, that to me really mimics what we're doing to our own bodies, like whatever we're doing to separate the baby as an object and give it a name as an object and separate ourselves from it is it's creating this superficial lack of intimacy this superficial separation that actually isn't the natural separation the natural separation comes at birth yes that is a natural separation but even that you know rushing to cut the cord before everything's had a chance to fully kick in and transfer and the baby's able to really get into the swing of its breathing and pumping its blood and digesting the fact that it's out, outside of the mother. Um, if we don't allow things to happen in the right time, if I'm grasping to know things that I wouldn't naturally know, that I shouldn't know, possibly, or, you know, I, I really would like to question why it is that we have to know, because really it, to me, it seems like this delayed gratification. It's like the absolute epitome of consumption and of the consumer society and of our, our conditioning into consuming <clears throat> is this need to have information before it, it, it would naturally be available to us. This 
this false urgency, this grasping at things to prove, to have proof in my hand on a printed piece of paper when, you know, you're not going to miss if you're several months pregnant. You, although, again, I, I take that back. <laughs> there are all, all these situations in which women don't realise they're pregnant until later on. And that is that is really the discussion too. Like that is such a big part of what is going on in my own mind about I, I can still have moments right now, even though I'm in my fourth month, I very clearly have moments where I just imagine for a minute I'm not pregnant. Just imagine it because using my logical brain, I can add up evidence that if I were not really conscious in my body, if I were not really conscious of how everything fits into everything and about the the symbiosis of everything if I wasn't really conscious of what had led up to the pregnancy what's happening around me the catharsis of my own healing etc etc the subtle clues the the feeling if I wasn't really aware of my own feeling my very holistic clear feeling and my autonomy as a woman my fully being occupying and being my womb like I am not separate from my womb my womb is not a thing down there that is a separate object from me um that can be referred to by external authority my my womb is fully my own and oh this podcast may contain fireworks um I think somebody's just throwing some bangers outside um If I, that's a wee bit distracting, I'll just, go and shut, I'll just go and shut the window. This is real life in rural Italy um, on the epiphany, the day of the epiphany. Um, um, if I were, if I were not in, in the autonomy, if I had given away my power, then it would be very easy f- the, the, my first instinct would be to go to a doctor, to go and get a test, to go and have blood work done, to go and have my vagina prodded with a metal probe and a camera type of a thing. Um, but the autonomy, um, you know, I just, I really want to go into what the autonomy is because already I'm having dear, dear friends suggest, would you not just get a, a midwife to come and feel your belly or tell you what's going on or um another friend suggesting would you not like do you want me to guess the sex of your child I, I'm really good at intuiting it um as much as I, I love the suggestions I love their care for me I love their intention to just care for me and keep me reassure me you know the essentially the 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 conventional checks that women are given are all about reassurance and um, just so just to know, just so you know, and so on. But as I've been describing in my earlier podcasts in this series, the the power of being in full possession possession of one's womb, the power of knowing through sentience, through the fullness of, of awakened sentience, not through um, 
nervous tension or mental overload but the knowing through the body knowing knowing through the body is like you know it's the big it's the big secret that's hidden in full view in front of us hidden in broad daylight and right in front of us um that is everything that is how we navigate the world mystically and being in full possession of of my sentience um if there's anything that's preoccupying me it rises naturally, it rises and will express itself and I will heal it and hear it and feel it. It's funny that I mixed up those two words as I was saying it and like heal and fear, feel and he heal, hear, <laughs> moved in, changed, morphed into the word heal. Like that, that's it, healing, feeling and hearing it becomes healing and it moves up through me and and then it doesn't exist anymore through my awareness being on it it can move it can be witnessed and be released and that is the premise of all healing really and and once we get beyond like once we unravel i have experienced the unraveling of my own conditioning into believing that healing involves symptoms and parts um, being adjusted and manipulated and taken apart and put back together um, in stepping out of the labelling, even the very alternative homeopathic labelling of symptoms and the separation and disassociation of them and the going to somebody outside of myself to get them to join the dots rather than me joining the dots. Um, I certainly feel that the process of, of returning to oneness, once we're in full sentience and in oneness, there, there is no need for... It's not just that there's no need, like that there might be a need at some point, you know, there might be a point where there is a need, there's an urgent need or a, a need, a, 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 an acute need. But for the most part, and that like, I really mean for the most part, for the very, very most part, for the, the greatest, greatest percentage, a very large percentage of every day and year on year and month on month, I don't need to go to a dentist. I don't need to go to a general practitioner. I don't need to go to a gynecologist. And I don't need to go to an obstetrician if that's even the right word, I don't even know what the word is. I, I can't get my head around it. It just sounds like an obstruction, a person who's obstructing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the origins of the words are probably really similar. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really hard to transmit this, like to share this, when I know that people who are listening to this will probably not have as radical a stance as I do even if they want to have a radical stance, a rooted stance, a natural stance, they might still revert to something to quell a headache or something to calm high blood pressure or something to treat a very strong influenza. Or they might not be entirely against jib-jabs for children and so on. Um, there's almost always 
something in the system that we're clinging on to, like a dummy tit, like like a a pacifier that we we cling on to. Like almost all of us have got some neediness that we outsource to a medical system or a, a doctor or a practitioner and so on. And yeah, and there's almost no aspect of life more interfered with than the gestation period and especially for older women as they're called and um yeah as I, I think I mentioned in the first half of this podcast <laughs> I didn't write it down but the 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 fact <clears throat> yeah I did mention this the fact that we're so encouraged to have children when we're younger or rather I don't think anyone's really encouraged to have children nowadays at all <laughs> but we're we're very much discouraged from having children when we're older and as I w- was also saying in the first half of this podcast the depth of the discouragement of that that the depth of the conditioning into how we diminish with age, how we get less healthy with age. First of all, it's a lie. It's a lie that people profit financially from by us believing that we can't heal ourselves and believing that we are are like a failing car that we're eventually going to, bits are going to start falling off us and we're going to have to get them replaced and so on. Um, That mythology is what the whole health system, pharmaceutical system works off, but it's also what our whole culture and reality work on. They work on instant gratification and indulging in pleasures that are accumulated causes harm in the long term and distracting us from what the real deep pleasure is of knowing oneself, healing oneself, stepping into nature out of the constructed world and and seeking the the true unique fulfillment of return to oneness that is our heritage, that is our our life purpose. Um Like once we get an inkling of that, everything else falls away and it falls away quicker and quicker, more and more. And the power of that unfolding, the power of that connecting, the power of listening to the body and hearing the body um, and not being separate from it, not seeing it as something that, you know, the body is this enemy that is falling apart around us and that we have to, in our minds um prop up with these with medicines and and whatever um yeah it's just such a glorious um journey to take apart the skins shed the skins of that of those fallacies and those um lies that are told to us it's such a glorious thing to be in that and then not be in it and look at the difference, look back on it. So I'm very aware that that there might be folk listening to this podcast. If, if they can barely bear to hear what I'm rambling on about, it probably won't make any sense to somebody who's not at least um, got a few f- steps 
of perspective distance from the the whole brainwashing mainstream but you know even to myself sometimes I'm just going way off out there and I really you know wonder how is it that I can talk about that with authority or how can I know that but there's a certain yeah there's a way of being we're either aligned with life or we're not aligned with life and everything that is right and our our rights and natural law and so on are, are all about being aligned with life and life isn't perpetually expansive but then there's an aspect of life that is perpetually expansive like life isn't all about everything just becoming more happy and perfect and jolly and sweet and safe and secure and vibrant and lifeful and yet there is an aspect of life that it that is about purely about that and especially in gestation that most certainly is what life is it's about that pure mystical expansiveness that doesn't come at other times and that if we harness it consciously if we're not distracted by fucking x-ray images of our baby and pixels and measurements if we're not looking at that you know what is that distracting us from what what happens when we're fully aligned with life and the life comes up and through us and we come down through life you know what happens when we <coughs> excuse me what happens when we fully I'm trying to find the word that isn't that isn't submit and but it's surrender but it's also not surrender a word that's more expansive than all of those words when we fully immerse um become the experience of gestation it's a very different thing than observing gestation as a timeline that has been constructed by interventions constructed by the trip to the pharmacy to buy the pregnancy test the peeing on the stick the finding the lines or the two lines the revealing to the partner the revealing of social media the revealing to the partner's family etc the public unveiling um the, the the fact that we start to project an image before we would have naturally had it revealed to us that that is such a significant thing that feels very distorted to me right now if I were to go and do that if I were to go and find some kind of a sonographic whatever instrument to take an image of my belly that would be very very distracting because the image of the baby in the belly isn't what's happening that's not what's happening at all What's happening is a very big cathartic process of detoxification, coming back to self, becoming present, coming out of the mind and down into the body, into the womb, rootedness, deep, deep self-care, slowness, slowing down, um, allowing the rising of old memories, allow, allowing the alignment of all memories 
and all events in my life to line up, um, releasing of tension around memories, releasing of tension around deep, deep wounding and distortions, the unravelling of conditioning, the unravelling of neuroses, the unravelling of pain and hurt and family distortions, the redrawing of ancestral timelines, the starting afresh of a new ancestral timeline, the first time these two families have been intrechate, um, the work of releasing trauma on the part of my partner, releasing pain on his part, doing whatever needs to be released as I carry his ancestral line and weave it into my own, weave his DNA with mine into a child, weave his sperm with my egg. Everything that comes from that zinc spark, it was happening before, you know, we didn't just come across each other and then suddenly conceive. The work that we've done together, the evolution of our relationship, the the conscious weaving together of our lives, even through great difficulty and <clears throat> cultural conflict and gender stereotypes. Um, it's an amazing thing to be fully in this. You know, this is just, that's just a very small list of things that I'm talking about that are the, what gestation means for me. Never mind the whole resolution of dream that I've been holding for so long, the want, the the hunger for mothering to be a mother, the hunger to conceive, to gestate, to hold space for this being coming through, the the want for the new world to come now, the want for my life as a parent to come now, to be here already, um, the want for the pregnancy to move along quicker, the want for it to for me to gestate quicker. Um, there's just so much in it. There's no room for trips to the fucking pharmacist or doctor <laughs> scanning. And there's also no need for it because there's nothing, there's nothing falling off. There's nothing <laughs> cramping or hurting or feeling wrong. Um, but again, there are things that have come up that have felt bad and not right. And that's, not something that I go to an external authority about because I'm fully conscious of my own healing process I can very easily navigate the healing process and the catharsis which is gestation and the the detox which is gestation and <clears throat> that's why I, I don't have a need for vomiting I don't have a need for morning sickness because I don't need have the need to express through my throat and release through my throat. I've already done a lot of releasing through voice work and expression and up through my heart and through my arms into my painting, up through my throat, through song, through vibration of word, through conversation, through deep, deep unravelling of conversation and understanding what's going on in the world. I've woven my throat and my voice into the world to a great degree so now I don't have to do that unravelling um, through morning sickness 
and I also don't have to worry that I'm doing my unravelling in a different way. I don't have to worry that I was bleeding during my pregnancy. That's not, uh, even though I was worrying, even though I was convinced as soon as my first bleeding began within the pregnancy, I was convinced on day 58 that that was a miscarriage. Um, even, even though I went through that, and even though the second one was just as intense and just as upsetting, and then even though the third time I bled at day, around day 90-something, um, each time I could feel the movement of deep, deep conditioning, the movement of limitation, the movement of, like, I, I wasn't stuck in the symptom. The symptom wasn't weighing me down and it wasn't something that I needed to get more information from external sources in order to navigate. I'm able to navigate those symptoms, even pain, even discomfort, even something that feels not right. I'm able to navigate that because why wouldn't I? Just because why wouldn't I? And um, yeah, again, I, I know that a lot of what the average person considers is necessary for the woman to have, for her to have peace of mind. It's really, to me, would be taking my neuroses, packaging, packaging them and clamping them down and then being associated always with those neuroses as something real, like the, I, that, that neurotic package would be a part of what I'm carrying around. Whereas my neuroses might express themselves in a conversation with a friend. They might express them as some tears in bed at night. They might express just through the feeling that I have of putting a hot water bottle on my belly or on my lower back. They might express through sweating. They might express through bleeding. They might express through shouting at an inanimate object. <laughs> because I've got a fairly good spectrum, I don't need an extreme symptom of any kind to help express what needs to be expressed in each moment I, ha I already have a, a wide range of, um, like a, a really wide spectrum of emotions that I'm able to, um, that I'm fluent in, and I can express very masterfully through painting, through gardening, through cooking, through harvesting food, through chopping wood. Um, you know, I even know about basket making and, and wood art and the, the art of cutting the wood. Um, so because I've got all those things to do with my hands, I don't, I'm not sitting in a clinical setting and needing an external package from someone to help me disassociate from what my body is doing and see it as something, as something wrong. And then buying the remedy from them, buying the cure, buying the, the medicine from them to fix it or, or paying them to perform a service on me that's going to fix in inverted commas my symptom I genuinely don't want my symptoms to be fixed I'm not disassociated from them there's nobody that can profit from them I don't want somebody to profit I don't have a need for somebody to profit from them 
to make sense of them for me because I because they make sense to me all of it makes sense and I I sense that there's a, a in my own evolution my own healing I've got to a point where I have activated some kind of self-healing I'm not I'm not completely expert at it and I'm not yet able to perform miracles and yet I am because this is miraculous I'm pregnant at the age of 50 and I am perfectly happy, well, sentiently, ecstatic, um, healthy, fit, full of energy, loving my food, loving each day, seeing the mystical magic in the world. And that doesn't mean I'm immune for a lifetime. It doesn't mean I'm immune from anything going wrong or being less right. But it sure as fuck does mean that I feel very comfortable in my choice to, to align all my resources with this now and to not need external resources. And it's, it's not even a question around not needing them. That's the thing. I know that that's an issue for people outside of me. People who are not me, I know it's an issue for them. And I know I'll have to face that perhaps more and more, but I, I'm, each day that goes by, I am feeling clearer and clearer that there's nothing to discuss. There's no... Um, like, I won't even be having conversations with people about that. If there's a question I don't like, I won't be answering it. If there's a, a question that's trespassing... I will be pointing out that, that actually that question is a trespass now. I'd rather you didn't ask it and I don't want to have this conversation with you. It's completely private. What is going on underneath my skin is completely fucking private. Strictly, strictly private. And and also it's autonomous. I think that's a, I think that's a thing that's maybe, you know, people a lot of people don't understand the nature of privacy. And they also very much don't understand the nature of autonomy. I, you know, a lot of people in my life have questioned me very aggressively about, like, what do you mean you don't go to the doctor? And how? what do you do when you're not well then? And they're very angry about it because they, they need to go to the doctor and they feel perturbed, like that they can't, in their own minds, reason or, or comprehend how a person cannot be going to the doctor, like what would they be doing then? Are they just lucky that they're healthy or are they going to die at home because they're not well? Um, if they're not well. And yeah, unfortunately that polemic, again, it's just about disassociation. It's about believing that everything is uniform and standard and that we're all part of the system and that the system works for everyone and that, that it is for everyone when it patently is not and and plenty of us live out in the edges of it and some of us are just not interested at all we don't want the benefits and privileges but um yeah the disassociation is it it all comes down to disassociation really and cognitive dissonance dissonance and disassociation um like when we when we're not when we're not disassociating, like when we're actually associating with our body, as in we're actually fully in it, not just associating with it, not just 
treating it as a colleague or a friend, <laughs> but when we're actually, we are our body. Um, yeah, the world unfolds in a completely different way. And, and it does un unfold much more naturally, harmoniously and symbiotically. That it really, it really is absurd that we would have it unfold in any other way, that we would fight for our rights in inverted commas to cesarean and to being cut open and to having our babies injected and having them indoctrinated in schools. It's just the whole thing is so... Um, like we can only do those things because we're completely disassociated from our own power and our own body. And and again, I, I don't want to just talk about the power in my body. I want to talk about the difference between these two things because it, it's... If I was just talking about how it feels to be in my body right now, it would mostly just be joy and bliss and things functioning well and putting my house in order and domestic alchemy and um, I do want to share that so I don't want to just be all keeping that for myself <laughs> anyway it's late at night now and I'm winding down um, the fireworks are starting again the Bifana um, I really want to send this merit gained I want to transmit this wisdom that is coming through me I want to be able to share at least to put put it out there at least to know that I have tried and I, I've tried to um, enlighten and reveal and share secrets um, again this these podcasts these podcasts might never be listened to by anyone but I kind of do sense I sense across the time space continuum I do sense that there are, are some women there or one woman at least who will hear this and it will be a great gift to them and I feel their gift to me I do feel that I feel your gift to me of presence and witness and I sense that even if we're a bit ahead of our time or outside of the system, that the threads are finding each other and they will find each other across time and space and they will find each other when the moment is right, when they really can be heard. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm carrying on in that direction with that in mind, that with that intention to bring this to you to share what a, a natural and unhindered pregnancy is and, and why it's so important why it's so vital and what it can mean for the world if we use pregnancy to the full potential of what it can and should be um, yeah i really look forward to the next podcast episode here be well if you would like to see what else i do look me up claire gaia sophia and uh, i'm even on instagram as claire gaia sophia and 
You can find me on the hive.blog at Claire Artista. Claire is C-L-A-R-E, no I. If you'd like to support my work, do go to my website, clairegaiosophia.com and look at my gifting page. I really appreciate um, a tip or a gift uh, for the hard work and concentration I put into putting these podcasts together. Help me to pay my bills and run my internet and keep my technology functioning. It's barely functioning, but it, it still is good for a podcast here and there. Um, yeah, I would love to receive your reward in return for this work that I'm doing and sharing with you. And Yeah, look forward to your communication and a conversation that might unfold from us. Many blessings. All good things. Tanti belli cose. And yeah, love, 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 love.